You are listening to a Sunday sermon from St. Thomas Episcopal Church in Bellevue, Washington. We are a community that seeks God's presence, serves Christ and others, and grows together in faith. Welcome to our podcast. The following sermon was preached on the 23rd Sunday after Pentecost, November 8, 2020, by the Reverend Lex Breckenridge, Rector at St. Thomas. and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a shout, Look, here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. The wise replied, No, there will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet. And the door was shut. Later the other brides came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. He replied, Truly I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Well, it's been quite a week, hasn't it? For lots of folks, it's been a week of highs and lows, and for lots of folks, it's just been a week of bewilderment. Even as this election drags on, though, what's very clear is that the fissure in our nation continues to deepen. Lots of folks find that very disturbing. National unity feels like an impossible dream. What about us here at St. Thomas? I know for certain that in this very large, diverse community. We're not all of one mind politically. That's just not surprising. There are red voters and blue voters and purple voters among us. So are we going to allow ourselves to reflect the divisions and the fissures in the wider culture? Or can we as a community choose a different path? Can we model for the wider world how to hold in creative tension our differences? Well, we can if we first recognize who we are, what our real identity is. We as a community are a community united in Jesus. We are united in the life and ministry, the crucifixion, the resurrection, the the ascension, the call to be the church that comes from Jesus. So, is there going to be diversity in the midst of our unity? Of course there will be. That's just to be expected. You know, in any large family, there's going to be diversity, and that's what we are, a large family. It would be unnatural if there weren't uh, diversity. But I want us to, I hope, always keep before us the words of the Apostle Paul that he spoke to the church in Ephesus. 
Paul said, uh, and this was a church that was experiencing some conflict. This was a church that was experiencing not only internal conflict, but experiencing some outside persecution as well. And Paul says to the Ephesians, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. That's who we are. That's our identity. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. We are united in that great call to uh, be in community. And so, uh, in the midst of all this, we come to the readings this morning. Uh, I'll, I'll have to admit that it's a... Uh, a difficult task to uh, think about, certainly the reading from, uh, from the prophet Amos and then uh, Jesus' parable of the ten bridesmaids in, in this context. I'll just say a brief word about the, uh, the reading from the prophet Amos. You know, I've, I've said this before, Amos is, uh, he can come across like, like being pretty darn grumpy. And he is. Amos is really uh, unhappy about two things that are going on in Israel. Uh, first is the great disparity in wealth between the few who have uh, most of the wealth and the men uh, who are poor. And then there's uh, Amos is also unhappy with what he uh, perceives to be the, uh, the hypocrisy of the religion of the people. Uh, all the, and and you, you get a glimpse of this in the reading this morning, all the, the festivals and the celebrations and the burnt offerings. He said, That's, that, I, I, I don't want to hear about any of that. It's, all, it's, it's of no account to me. Because there's no justice in the, in the nation. There's no righteousness in the nation. And then that, that beautiful last, uh, uh, last passage, that last sentence, uh, which was uh, so much a, a part of uh, Martin Luther King's great I Have a Dream speech and, and so much of his other preaching and, and, uh, and, and teaching uh, on the civil rights movement. Let's, let justice uh, uh, flow down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. It was justice and righteousness was lacking in the people. And, and that's why their religious observances were, were hypocritical and of no account things. And then we come to the to the parable of the ten bridesmaids. And I, I just think that's a that's a hard one for us. I think because there's it, it doesn't seem to have the, the kind of the happy ending uh, that we would that we would hope for. That certainly if I were writing the parable, if I'd been teaching the parable, there would have been a happier ending. So uh, we want to make, not make uh, this observation, though. Let's not focus uh, too much on the bridesmaids. Too often our interpretation of this passage does focus on the bridesmaids. Let's focus on, on one, uh, one uh, other aspect of the parable. And that is, this is a parable about judgment, of course. And if you look and see, who is it that's making the judgment? There's only one person uh, in the parable who's offering judgment. Judgment is reserved only to the one who can judge. You know, the, the, the wise uh, bridesmaids don't judge the foolish ones. Um, the, these, these, these ten young women, they were all waiting for the same bridegroom. They belonged to the same community. They belonged to the same group of friends. And they all fell asleep waiting for the bridegroom to show up. 
So within the community, who knew who had enough oil in their lands? Who knew his, had been more faithful? That's not for us to judge. It's not for us to judge. So, like the, the ten bridesmaids, our church uh, is, a, is a mixed community. Right? So, making a, the, the center of the interpretation of this parable, uh, who's, who's in and who's out, who's good and who's bad, who's wise and who's foolish, that's not for us to judge. Um, and so, the, 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 um, the bridesmaids who cry out, Lord, Lord, uh, who will enter the kingdom of heaven, um, uh, reminds us of what Matthew said earlier in his gospel. You know, there will be ones who cry out, Lord, Lord, who will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he says, only the ones who do the will of my Father. And what, is that, what does that mean? What does he mean by that? Only the ones who do the will of my Father. Only the ones who, who uh, uh, you know, behave properly. Is this some, some sort of you know, moral imperative that's being over here? No. I think the, the lamps and the torches here recall the, the words of the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes that we read last week. You know, the, the Beatitudes conclude by Jesus saying, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Let your light shine. And, and when we, we live into that kingdom, uh, the, we live as if we are already living within the kingdom of God as the Beatitudes invite us to. Then our, our light is shine. See, so it's the, the spirit of the Beatitudes, I think, that really characterize those who recognize the bridegroom, those who recognize the Lord. Uh, so that, that spirit of, of, of uh, living in harmony in the kingdom of heaven is what distinguishes uh, the wise from the foolish. So this, of course, uh, always provides us with a choice. It's a choice to, uh, to, to follow Jesus or, or, or not. A choice to live wisely or not. A choice uh, to arise early in the morning, as this, this wonderful uh, passage from the Book of Wisdom says, to rise early in the morning and go seek wisdom where she may be found. And as the, as the writer reminds us, wisdom will be easily found because she's sitting at the gate. She's sitting at the entrance to the city. So when we when we look for wisdom, when we intentionally look for wisdom, when we intentionally seek to be followers of Jesus, is another way to put it. Uh, then, uh, then that's where uh, that's where wisdom will be found. That's where our light will shine. And we'll live into those the promise of those beatitudes. So you know, what does it mean to uh, to follow Jesus? Well, I, there, there are two images I want to I hold up for us this morning. First uh, is the image, if you look right behind me, the image of the crucified Jesus, the Christus Rex, uh, Jesus hanging on the cross. You know, I believe that we are invited to look at the image of the crucified Jesus as a way to soften our hearts toward all the suffering in the world. And, and God knows in the midst of this pandemic and in the midst of this uh, this bitterly polarized season that we're in right now, in the midst of a time where uh, systemic racism is, is just playing there in front of us for all to see, and, and the grief that arises from that that's being acted out in, uh, in, in ways that are oftentimes uh, more violent than, than they need to be. Uh, we look on the crucified Jesus and see uh, 
all the suffering in the world. And we see how, you know, we ourselves are victims of that suffering because we've been bitten by it. You know, when we, when we act out in, 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 uh, with hatred and violence, you know, we can know, though, that, that God's heart has always been softened towards us. So, when you feel the pull, when you feel that pull to violence, just think about this image you see behind me, this image of the crucified Jesus. You know, that's, that's where transformation is going to be found. You know, any transformative faith has to touch us at this very primitive level. So, following Jesus is really a call to share the fate of God for the life of the world. You know, this is the fate of God, the crucified because it's not the end of the story, but it's, if we're going to follow Jesus, we have to accept this call and, uh, and share the suffering of the world. And that's where we'll find transformation. So, that's how God will use us. God uses us in our imperfection. God uses everything that's imperfect in the world, including me, for the transformation of the world. So, the second image uh, I'm going to hold up for you is an image that's, uh, another image that's right here in the sanctuary. Uh, we were in here on Thursday uh, with the staff and we had a, a, a content time of contemplation and reflection uh, that we shared with one another. And during the, during the open space time, during the period of quiet, I found my, uh, that I was drawn towards the rose window here. And uh, Ashley's going to pull it up. Is it up? Okay, thank you. Um, if you were if you were standing where I'm standing right now, you'd look into the into the face of Jesus, and you would see uh, it's, it's, um, this picture. It's a little hard to see the uh, uh, what he's surrounded by, but he's surrounded by all the saints and the martyrs, and they're all looking up to him. And there, Jesus sits on the throne, uh, and he. It, it's it's it, when I looked at this on Thursday. This is, you know, a couple of days after the election, and we, uh, it, we, it was uh, unclear what was happening. It was unclear where we as a nation were headed. You know, I will confess to you, I had plenty of anxiety about that. Uh, because it seemed to me that there was something, uh, that there was something broken. And that, and that somehow, um, I, I, I needed to... I don't know, be in charge of that some, somehow. I mean, that's obviously, that's, that's from somewhere deep in my subconscious and it's a real fantasy. But when I looked at this, at this beautiful rose window that's here in the church, and when I saw Jesus uh, triumphant, Jesus sitting on the throne and all the saints and the martyrs surrounding him, I felt this beautiful letting go, beautiful release. But you know what? It's not up to me. It wasn't up to me. This is the one who judges. You know, back to the parable of the, of, of the, the, of the ten bridesmaids. It's not up to me to judge. And my dear friends, it's not up to you to judge either. So when we want to judge each other, which is, that's just our pull. And more so right now than, than uh, in any time within recent memory. That we want to judge each other. The ones who have different views than we do. Who have different opinions than we do. When, when we feel that pull to judgment, think about this image of the one who really judges. The one to whom we surrender. 
the one to whom we are called to follow. This is such a beautiful image. And and it's an image uh, of the one who judges and, and the one who, at the same time, is the one who goes to the cross for us. You know, this, this uh, um, parable that we read is in the 25th chapter of Matthew's Gospel. It comes right at the end of the Gospel, right before Jesus is, uh, heads into Jerusalem. And, and these are called the, uh, the eschatological par- uh, parables. Uh, also in this chapter is the parable about the, the Jesus, the King, coming uh, to, to separate the sheep from the goats. And, uh, and these, you know, these parables can be a little bit scary. Uh, but, but in the very next chapter, uh, Jesus turns to his, his friends and says, You know, uh, that after two days the Passover is coming and the Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. And he knew this. And still knowing that, he goes forward. He goes forward to the cross for us and for everybody. Not just for me. Not just for the ones who think like I do. The ones who think like you. No, he he went, went to the cross for everybody. And so, uh, I'm not the one to judge, and neither are you. We are, be- we are being judged by the one who offered his life for us. And so, he offers us, yes, he offers us accountability, and he also offers mercy. You know, mercy and justice, accountability and, and, and mercy, two sides of the same coin. And that's, that's what that beautiful image reminded me. And so as I, uh, in that, that quiet time on Thursdays, I, as I looked up into that, into that beautiful window, the light streaming through it, uh, seeing uh, Jesus enthroned uh, high above me, reminding me that, that, that I'm not in charge, that I'm not the judge, that Jesus is, my heart softened. Uh, I, was, I was able to let go of some things. And so I offer that image to, to you and to us this morning. Remember, you're not the judge, and thanks be to God, you're not. You don't have to be. You know, it's, it's Jesus that, that uh, uh, lifted high, uh, lifted high on the cross, uh, who, is our, who is our final judge. So in this, in this uh, time that we're in, this, this time of, uh, of great uh, division, this time of uh, the deep fissures in our culture where we, we really do feel the uh, the pull to uh, to separate ourselves from each other, to divide ourselves into into the, the red state and the blue state, and you know who uh, oh boy we're you know we we beat you or 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 you know you cheated you know my dear friends that's not who we are as Americans that's not who we are as a nation we are called uh, to uh, to to unity. Just as we, uh, as we, the people of God here at St. Thomas, are called to unity, we're called to, uh, to uh, recognize that we are one nation under God, as we say in the Pledge of Allegiance, with liberty and justice for all. So I want to conclude by sharing a, a beautiful piece of music with you this morning. Um, this is, uh, comes from an a cappella group uh, called uh, King's Return. Uh, some of you may uh, have seen them on uh, they're, they're on social media doing uh, various things. They do a beautiful uh, version of the Taze uh, song, Ubi Caritas. Uh, but I, I ran across this just this morning, and it really struck me as something that's profoundly beautiful, and then I want to share it with you. It's their version of uh, uh, God Bless America. <laughs> 
For more information about St. Thomas Episcopal Church, please visit our website, www.stthomasmedina.org. That's www.stthomasmedina.org.